0: Another uplifting episode of PFL after Tennessee drops a surprising, uh, eye-popping. I mean, we could we could do this for hours. There's a lot
1: of words you could
0: use. I'm thumbing through the thesaurus. Regardless, they drop a 29-26 decision uh, in double overtime to BYU. A game that Tennessee controlled uh, until they didn't, which you know that seems to be a theme. Uh, I, I mean, at this point, you could you could say that about the entire Tennessee program, which was in control until it wasn't. And right now, uh, it does not look like a program that's in fantastic shape. <laughs> no, Joe, I'll kick it to you first. There's it's hard to even know where to start in this game because it was it was a complicated ball game because I think it was a very encouraging performance coming off Georgia State, but still a a crushing loss, emotionally and mathematically, for a team that needs to get to a bowl game. You, you should be two and zero right now, and they're zero and two. What do you take away from this, off the top?
1: Yeah, if it's going to be one thing, it's very hard to choose. I agree with what you just said. I think if I'm if I'm giving one takeaway, you know, we heard so much justifiable anger after last week from Tennessee fans. I mean, any form you want to delve into, right? You and I are standing on the sideline late in that game in the last few minutes of the fourth quarter in overtime. I'm looking around and I'm saying, look at this. Like, look at these fans and and the atmosphere that they've created for this team that just lost to Georgia State. Like, I was surprised It's that. That it was a tremendous atmosphere. And these fans just got kicked in the teeth again. I mean, that's my takeaway. Like, and, and there were a lot of a lot of Tennessee players, too, who fought and, you know, deserved better than what the outcome was here. But I, that's that's got to be my thing. Like, these fans, again, showed up, even though they had many reasons not to. And, once again, Charlie Brown, Lucy, pulled the football.
0: They came for the $13 beer, I think, Joe. Yes, think you do. <laughs> thank you,
1: yes. The beer does have to be mentioned there, doesn't
0: it? <laughs> Nothing like a $13 what I, well, I forgot the England. list. You the, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, all right, all right. That's a good beer. Okay, okay, but I think for me, you know, going back to what I what I was hitting on before, this isn't the disaster scenario. I think for Tennessee, and it's hard to sort of swallow that when you're sitting at zero two. But when you get beat up by Georgia State, you're thinking, "Goodness, can you beat anyone?" The team that played out here today could beat a number of SEC teams, not a lot. But they could beat some. I'd like you to list them. Right <laughs> I don't know if I can list them. But I'll say this. As long as you don't give up a 70-yard bomb on, what, third and 17, you can probably beat some SEC teams. I think this team is capable. Maybe. Capable.
1: Well, look, I agree that it was encouraging. It was a step forward in, in, in a lot of ways. But let's not forget what Utah's quarterback said a week ago, that BY is, <laughs> quote, unquote, Poo-poo. I'm just. I don't. It was they so that poo-poo, that poopoo Joe. One of the one so of the great quotes of the season. So poopoo, and you can tweet that. And I am <laughs> just not sure he's wrong. That's the only thing. Like, how does BYU compare with you know take your pick of SEC team? I, I don't I, look. They'll have a chance if they play like. Yeah. That. They'll be competitive. I mm-hmm. think in a number of games. I think that's the point. Is I think
0: when you get beat up by Georgia State, you're wondering, goodness gracious, sure. Is it going to be another? You know, are they flirting with 0-8 in the SEC and you just lose every game by 17? Because the team that played Georgia State last week, that's the fate that was ready for that team. This team tonight has a chance. Like you said, they have a chance. I, I i don't think you're flirting with the sort of 2-10, and 10, you know, sort of dead man walking scenario all season where it's just like the clock is ticking. I think it's already in a bad situation for Tennessee and for Jeremy Pruitt for a... Once promising relationship that has turned uh, tenuous at best in the last uh, eight days, but uh, it's gone honeymoon to counseling (laughs) quick. I think it's a honeymoon to you know a a trial separation at this (laughs) point. I think I think if he took a week off, I don't think fans would would be super uh, super broken up about that. But I mean, I think at this point, you know. it doesn't seem like it's completely off the rails, which after last week, you wondered. You wondered, because there was the looming threat of they come out against BYU and they lose by 30. Would you have been shocked if you'd seen that? Because I would not have been. And we didn't see that tonight. So for that sense, you've got that going for you.
1: That's true, except how do you deal with this and yeah. blowing this game? I mean, that's we'll find thing. out, yeah. Like it's, okay, you, you you came out in practice and you worked hard, you watched film, you did a lot of... Good things you really outplayed a team you had a great atmosphere you had a win in your hands and then you blow it like that so how do you then respond and look I mean 50% of this effort beats Chattanooga yeah probably well in theory in theory yeah that's true we probably shouldn't (laughs) you know and then it's you're going to Florida I just you know that that is the kind of loss that can really drag on a team mentally.
0: This is a new experience, though, exactly for this team, because you lose six games by 25 points last year or more. The only other loss is South Carolina. They played well in the South Carolina game, but they weren't the better team. They were the better team tonight. How do you mentally handle being the better team and going home open, That That's a good question. And, and, And where do the players' mind land on that? Do you say... You know what? We're 0 you know, we we were the better team tonight and you lose on a, you know, a 70-yard bomb when an inexcusable play. You know, we we'll, we'll, we'll treat Alante Taylor a little nicer than, than Jeremy Pruitt did tonight, but an inexcusable error to say the least. Um, but I I think that's going to be interesting to see because this is sort of new territory where you have to sort of swallow a loss. Where you were the better team, and that that is a frustrating, odd place for
1: Tennessee to be in. Yeah, I mean, actually, in a way, the ne- the schedule probably, like if they were playing a good team next, you yeah, know, they had to go to Florida next week or something. Yeah, yeah, like like then you're like then then how does it build mm-hmm. on itself? How does it become cumulative? It's probably good for them that even though, and, and look, we talked about this before. If they lose this game, what does the Chattanooga look like? Well, I, I'm, who knows? But I bet you. Better than we think, you know. I, I don't maybe know. Maybe, maybe maybe this this is this it. is
0: a frustration, because this is one where they have it and they give it up. It's tough. I, me personally, zero to two, Chattanooga, of a ultimately a negative experience. I think for the fans here tonight. You've got the beer aspect of it. I would not be shocked. A noon kickoff is the biggest thing. It's probably gonna be hot. I would not be shocked if it's sub sixty, personally. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe that's gonna be the case. I was surprised tonight, ninety two. That was not that was, that was, that was, that was a real ninety two. It looked like more than ninety two. Yeah, yeah. 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 A, a very good crowd. Granted, a lot of BYU fans, but they weren't like owning the space. Like Tennessee no. fans, this was Tennessee's uh, you know, this was Tennessee's home tonight, even though BYU fans were there and loud. But um, yeah, I just I, I'm I'm really fascinated to see sort of sort of what's next, and we'll get to that. Uh, we'll do a quick quick one up, one down for us uh, as we move. What your one up, the thing that you are you are sort of encouraged by coming off of this coming off of this game that you think is, is, is going to go well for Tennessee? Where would you start?
1: It's really hard, as you said earlier. This is a complex game because I think the the, the thing that comes to mind is that you know the defense really fought. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt. In the in the fourth quarter of this game, was watching Jared Garantano struggle, and basically was saying, "I'm not going to trust him. I'm going to trust my defense. That's how he played the game." And
0: his offensive line of all people, running the ball a lot,
1: yeah. And so, there's, I, if I'm picking a one up, I really like the defense side, but I'll pick the running backs. I think they have two tremendous backs. Um, I think Tyson. I, I think Ty Chandler um, really. Asserted himself after it looked like ooh, Eric Gray is he just taking over the job? It's a yeah. really nice, it's compliment. a good combo. Mm-hmm. So that would be my one-up. Is that those guys are really good, and I think they're and, and in tandem with an offensive line that I think did play better. You know, I think they've got something there. My one down, I mean, I, I don't know what yours I don't want to steal yours. No, no, I, go, listen, I'm versatile. I'm <laughs> yeah, versatile. I'm can, like,
0: I'm like, a little like Eric Gray. If you can, if you throw something at me, I can dodge and just, you know, move move around and, and, and pick something else to do. What we got? Well, I'll go Garantano.
1: Because, okay. look, or, I'm sorry, Garantano, Garantano. I've already said his name wrong once. Um, I'll say this. Jared
0: Garantano looks like a very different quarterback from the Jared Garantano that we saw last year. But He does now.
1: Give him credit for the touchdown pass to Juwan Jennings. In overtime, it was clutch. It was an absolute pressure moment, and he just stepped back and drilled it, and he can do that. But some of the decisions he made and the passes he missed, on, and Jeremy Pruitt threw a lot of people under the bus at his press conference. He, he made sure to mention late in the first half. And he's not wrong. Garrett has got to get that ball there on time. It's an easy touchdown. Yeah. He's just right now, for whatever reason, missing all that is one thing, but... The decision making is what kind of confounds me. Because one thing you could count on is Jared Garantano or Tano, I guess, yeah. at the time, taking care of the ball. And now, you know, as a fourth-year yeah, the second straight week he got baited. Weird stuff on that corner route, and you just can't do it. So, look, how many times did he get asked at SEC media days about, "Oh, you're going to let it rip? You can't be so cautious, right?" Maybe that's in his head a little bit. he's got to play better. I, yeah. in these games against better teams, I think he's better than that, and Jim Chaney's got to get more out of him.
0: I don't understand. Like it's, You're right. It's two games in a row. He looks like a guy that has regressed, and I don't know what the explanation for that would be. His accuracy hasn't been terrible, but he's missed some big throws. He's put some on the numbers where he's needed to, but he's missed some throws. He's, we saw him tonight. The decision-making, though, I have no idea what's happening. And was it in overtime that he had another ball that probably – he tried to force the ball inside to to, to Wood Anderson. Yes. The, the pick that he threw near midfield, horrendous decision. I, I don't even know – there's no defending that. Like, I mean, that was li- – I mean, that was actually triple coverage. Yes. And the, t- the he threw a touchdown in the triple coverage too. It just – that's a bad – you threw a touchdown pass, but, like, that's a bad decision. Which, and that was a
1: pick that was just yes, bouncing You to a touchdown.
0: Just weird stuff that you can't really explain and uh, odd, to say the least. I, I think – you know, it's tough because the fans were obviously on his back last year, and I thought it was unfair last year. He's, you know, throwing the ball on the money. He's playing behind a Swiss cheese offensive line that gets him beat up. This year, he's has a better running game. Pass blocking has been better. He's got better targets. He has, in theory, a more experienced offensive coordinator. And he's been a weak link the last two weeks, and I I don't know what the explanation for that is. Like I said, he looks like a guy that has regressed. Uh, As for mine, uh, for my one-up, whether or not Jerry Pruitt is there to coach them when their career ends, the youth, goodness, the 2019 class. First of all, you have to start with Eric Gray. You know, we saw a little bit of him last week, more tonight. I mean, he's the real deal. Shifty. Uh, Tennessee doesn't have a back like that. There's going to be some traffic in the backfield. Last week, Tennessee, uh, according to Sports Info Solutions, 109% of Tennessee's rushing yards came after contact last week. Mm. (laughs) I believe it was 103 yards after contact and 93 yards total. A lot of that's because of Gray. He can make guys miss. The first guy doesn't get him very often. Uh, We saw it tonight. That quick stop on a dime, guys flying by him, they just don't have another guy that can do that. There aren't a lot of
1: guys in the world who can do that. That's true.
0: It was unbelievable. The kid is a true freshman, and he is the most electric guy with the ball in his hands on this team. Unbelievable. You kind of heard this chatter during preseason camp, but until you see it, I mean, this is exactly what we kind of heard—the the, the, "quote-unquote" wiggle. Well, you uh, should have burst. been able to analyze this with
1: your practice view. <laughs> exactly. I'm very
0: in listen, you. my uh, 15 minutes a week of individual drills—listen, it was uh, scintillating. Uh, I, I will never forget it uh, until like three minutes after I leave the practice field, <laughs> and, then I, and then I can't remember what I just saw. But uh, so you start with Eric Gray, Henry t-oh, they were a little more patient with him tonight. He got yanked last week, making some mistakes. They stuck it out there with him today. I think he had two tackles for losses on third downs. Yeah, he was a factor. He was all over the place, and, and he's young. he's got to grow up, but like the promise there, you know, he's got to learn what to do, but still, you got to love what you got there. And then, of course, a, a better outing, I guess, for Warren Burrell. Um, but a guy that you can start and not feel like he's a liability for you, and that is rare at corner. And then the offensive line, you know, Wanya e. Morris and Darnell Wright, kind of the same thing. They're coming along. They, I don't know that freshman All American is necessarily what we're going to see from them, but they're guys that are not liabilities. Which for a true freshman, especially on the lines in the SEC, that's a, that's not bad. That's a good place to start. So you want my one up? I'm going the youth. They're hitting on a lot of these guys in the 2019 class, but. You know, you don't get the win. My one down, though, listen, what is Jeremy Pruitt? Defensive coach. Defensive guy that develops the secondary. And how do you lose this game? You lose it on a defensive breakdown in the secondary from a guy that you recruited, that you've developed, that you took from receiver and said, hey, come be a defensive back. Had a fantastic year last year. But then he makes a crucial mistake that is – Really, again, inexcusable, Jeremy Pruitt talked about we got to get guys to understand situation. Where, okay, maybe you see something, and you bite on that, and you say, hey, I'm going to come up, oh, there's a guy running free 15 yards, but maybe don't let the guy on third and 12 with 15 seconds left, maybe don't let him set him free in the second level. And... That's the sort of. That's just you know. That's inexperience, and maybe that's because he's a high school receiver quarterback, and 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 doesn't have that instinct of oh yes, this guy is running free. Maybe he will run for a 25 yard run, or maybe he will dump it down to a uh, open receiver for a 30 yard gain. But it's not a 70 yard gain. <laughs> yeah. And I think that you know you can't really sell anything, but but but. That is not great uh, when you're a defensive coach and you lose a game because of a defensive breakdown. I mean, they could play that exact situation out, third and 11, 17 seconds, no timeouts, a hundred times, and BYU wins this game eight times, maybe? Five times, maybe?
1: Maybe? Maybe.
0: I don't even know if it's maybe. that high.
1: Yeah, maybe like three. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, it's, look, it was a critical mistake, you know. In the NFL, of course, we're all asking Alante Taylor what happened. Did he miss the call? Did he not? Yes. Get, but we, you know, in this, in this, in college football, you're not getting that. We didn't get to talk to Alante Taylor. We did hear from Jeremy Pruitt about how it was Alante Taylor's fault.
0: We did, yeah. Jeremy Pruitt asked, "What defense were you in?" Well, the one where you don't give up a 70-yard completion. <laughs>
1: but and later he did say, you know, he's supposed to have the deep third. That means it's cover three, which makes sense. There, you'd have two safeties and Taylor covering, you know, splitting up the deep part yeah. of the field. It looked like Taylor maybe thought they were in two, which means he can play up, let a guy go. They've got two safeties splitting the deep part of the field. But regardless, it looked like he sort of bit and then turned around. Either way, obviously, it's a critical mistake. But again, any of those things, whose fault is it? It's the coach's fault. I mean, look, these players are out here, but the guys who are making the money to do this, this is, you know, You've got to make sure that guys don't do that. Later, Pruitt talked about the slant. He gave up for a touchdown. Again, sort of making it clear that that was a play BYU ran countless times and that you've got to know that you should play inside leverage on that play. And he didn't, and he gave up the slant. So, Alante Taylor, terrible night. He's going to get heaped on. I hope he deletes his Twitter account. But, again, to me, that's – it goes to the top. It has to. And I think it also hits
0: on sort of the central – Question with Jeremy Pruitt from the start When he got to Tennessee The main question is, okay, Jeremy Pruitt Proven defensive play caller But where has he done it? Hoover High School, Alabama Florida State, Georgia These things all Have things in common, which are you have the best players I think we can all agree Tennessee, whether We're talking about tonight Or in the SEC play or whatever Tennessee does not have the best players And I, I think you know, Jeremy Pruitt seems to be struggling uh, in this scenario where guys don't have those instincts, where guys last week are – you have a defensive end lining up on top of another defensive end and he doesn't just say, oh, even if my assignment is the other thing, I obviously have to get over here. I think that's a frustrating aspect, but it does go back to what you're saying. Well, I mean, what, do you see, what is the mark of a great coach? He gets the most out of his players. He makes his players better. Jerry Pruitt seemed to certainly always do that when he had the best players. Now, I don't think Tennessee is playing significantly below their potential. They're probably playing at or near, maybe slightly below. Obviously, last week below. Yeah, this week. This week probably at. I would say this, this was, week they had better. This, yeah, this week, yeah, 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 This was pretty much the Tennessee I expected to see. Like if you had beaten Georgia State and you told me this is how the Georgia State or the, the BYU game was going to play out you in June. Oh uh, yeah, probably. I figured this is going to be a tight game. You know, you got, I don't think I would have said that Tennessee was going to... If you told me that Tennessee would have controlled this game the way that they did, I would say, well, Tennessee, maybe they will win eight games. I think we can say they're not going to win eight games now. <laughs> I think that conversation is over. But I think at this point, like, that's that, that, that question about Pruitt is, can he win? Can he build when he doesn't have the best players? It has to be louder now, does it not? I, I think that's where it is, and tonight you saw the frustration, and even if you know, you can call it what you want, throwing players under the bus, blaming players, whatever, like, they did make the plays, but like, yes, you gotta coach them, and tonight we saw a Jeremy Pruitt like, in in post-game that was more angry than than I've ever seen him, since I've been here. I mean, you know, you ask him what happened on that last play, and you know, a little sassy. A little little sassy, to say the
1: least. And and that's
0: it's his prerogative. I, I'm, honestly, I like seeing some emotion there. Well, it's colorful, so whatever is interesting. I, I'm, a, I'm all for things that are interesting, and tonight was many things, and I think they all fit under the interesting umbrella, to say the least.
1: <laughs> you can't say this isn't interesting. <laughs> yeah, he was a little snippy, and again, I just I'd like to hear things a little bit more geared toward blaming himself and his staff. Versus going through the He almost went too hard of, on
0: that last week. And then this week, it was kind of the other way. It was it was odd.
1: I, well, I, I think that this is... You know, it seems like in, with a game like Georgia State, this is just me speculating, but you have a little bit of time to digest it. And so, mm-hmm. maybe you, you think about what you... Yeah, and, that's and, probably and, and true. And this is... You're locked this in. This is kind of emotional and... Yeah, that's a good balling. point. You're probably right about Look, that. I was standing 10 feet from him, screaming at Alante Taylor after that play in the huddle. And then going back for more and getting in his face, I don't have a problem with a coach yelling at a player. I do have a little bit of a problem piling on in that setting when, again, you just you have to take responsibility for what happens in your program.
0: Mm-hmm. What did you think of his comment? You know, Somebody asked him, did he feel like Lante Taylor was rattled going into overtime? And Drake says, well, he should have been rattled after I got after him. Yeah. Okay, like. So I guess he is is, sort of blaming himself there. Well, but it's like, is. But like, I I didn't really understand what that meant. Like, is he. Is that a joke?
1: Is he just, like, angry? Well, he's. uh, I didn't know. I didn't know what to take away from that. Well, that was. was, Austin Press asked that question. At one point, he's like, come on, Austin. So, I mean, I guess I kind of took it as sort of like. Almost like, come on! Who cares if he's rattled? Like, what, yeah, I don't know. Matter? It was it was hard. To,
0: he's hard to read sometimes. Yeah, yeah, hard to
1: read. But you know, clearly, you know, he's very upset, and he should have been. And uh, it was a little bit different view of Pruitt. Meanwhile, Phillip Fulmer is standing in the back of that press conference room.
0: He's been very quiet. There's some over good the pictures last week.
1: Of, on Twitter of him, and he, he <laughs> look the jaw was set. You know. The jaw was kind of jutting out. He, he did not look like a happy man. And I mean, you think about just the lost opportunity here to really have that response to last mm-hmm. week. It's not going to erase it, but at least think of have. the way things look if they just don't give up that play.
0: Yeah, you're feeling pretty good. You you feeling, feeling like a lot better. You're feeling like you know what? They they shouldn't have a problem with Chattanooga. You go to Florida. You play well. Maybe you catch a turnover or two. You're gonna have a shot in that ball game, probably. That Tennessee team that we saw tonight. And instead, you know, you're 0-2, you probably beat Chattanooga. But just I just, just mathematically at this point, you know, I, I don't think anybody foresaw Tennessee being 0-2. But I mean getting to a bowl game, you start crunching the numbers. You know, I wrote about this last week. I mean, they could be going into November at, at you know one and six. And that is uh, alarming to say the least, surprising. Um, you know, you can't sell this season as a success. You know, one could say you can't sell the season as a success if you lose at Georgia State. But now, if you don't get to a bowl game, which certainly mathematically, that's where things are trending, uh, I I don't know what you sell this season as. I mean, you got to try and finish strong, I guess. But, I mean, you're so far behind the eight ball at this point. Yeah, points. I mean,
1: I, I think it's almost like it's a, at some point, I mean, you're not looking at the scoreboard. It's like the cliche of, you know, look at the at scoreboard playing the game. Well, yeah. okay, you're playing week to week. What are we seeing out there? Are guys improving individually? Are there fewer mistakes collectively? Is Jeremy Pruitt holding this thing together? It's going to be way harder to do so. You know, we heard from a few guys after the game, and it was, got to move forward. Got, got to execute. You know, yeah, execute next week. Fine. You know, not expecting anyone to come out. and It would be great to see some of the real emotion that you know is happening yeah. with these guys when they go home or in the locker room. But – now it's it is it's it's very much a high-powered microscope on what Jeremy Pruitt puts out there each week. Again, there're gonna be fans there are gonna be talking about buyouts and hot seats and all that stuff. It's just it's not reality. Mm-hmm. But reality for Jeremy Pruitt is that people are looking at him differently after <laughs> that way differently. And it's I don't think he's going to make a bowl game with this team. He can still help himself though. Yeah. And it's going to be more difficult. It's just hard. When you lose, there are so many things that become more difficult for you.
0: Yeah, I'm really intrigued to sort of see, you know, well I thought tonight too, you know, the fans responded so strongly to Juwan's comments on Tuesday. I was I knew the fans were gonna sort of appreciate him saying, you know, just the simple that was unacceptable. We're not gonna let that happen again that we didn't hear from from Jeremy Pruitt after the game. And Juwan, you know, he's an emotional guy. He runs hot a lot. But I think they might have served well to hear from him tonight, and we and we didn't hear from him. And an interesting strategy, to say the least. But well, I think it could have helped him a little
1: bit. Yeah. No, it, look, it would have been great, and I agree. Tennessee fans would have loved to hear from him. I understand I why the media relations staff did yeah. not want him out there, because yeah. this is high, high emotion. And for a guy like that, who, again... Second week in a row, you point at him and say that guy does not deserve this because he's just he's playing so well and he's just got such emotion. Yes, I, it would have been great. I'm not surprised. But I don't who knows I, what he may have and said. And that's the thing too. Like I don't right want to.
0: I don't want to get into like all of my pet peeves about college football, but that that's one of them. Like these guys are adults. Like treat them like adults.
1: And it's just it's so. They all want to be pros. Yeah, and so what, sp- guess what happens when they go there? There's no People hiding. People show up in the locker room. The locker room yeah. wide open. Everybody talks. It's just it's you know. It,
0: Again, I, I don't want to belabor just the harsh realities of college football and covering the sport, but these are really times where it really is unfortunate because fans want to hear from Jarrett Garantano. They want to hear from Juwan Jennings, and we don't. Instead, we hear from Brandon Kennedy, who tells us that they just got to execute better, and it's just like, you know, I get it, but it's just it, it's frustrating because fans want to deal with reality we want to deal with reality. As journalists, you know, we have a responsibility to the truth. And when you're talking to guys and you're getting this sort of sanitized version of whatever, well, you know, was, you know, it's hard in there. But we know we just got to come out and execute. Like, come on, like that's not what's happening in there. And it's it's frustrating um, because it feels like they're just dealing in this fantasy land sometimes. And it's. You know, I said I didn't want to get into the things that annoy <laughs> But you are getting into it. But here we are. Here well, we are. And
1: this is where, and I've had this discussion with fans so many times, it is, again, if you think about it in terms of, we are a conduit, okay? Mm-hmm. This is, you have all these paying customers out here, and look at what they, the atmosphere they created, and, and that's exactly what they want to hear. They want to hear reality. They want to hear from the main people who are out there. And so, again, you are... You know, some people think, well, they're just keeping it from the media. Well, you're keeping it from them. Yes. You're keeping it from the fans, from the paying customers that you should value so highly. But yeah, we're probably getting into <laughs> we're getting locked in. So yeah, so uh,
0: before we close this out, Joe, wh- where do you where do you where does Tennessee go from here? What what does the next month hold? Well.
1: First, get you know, beat Chattanooga and whatever should it should not – it's like not here. a given
0: anymore. First of all, this team doesn't have any wins. And two, we've already seen one unthinkable loss. So that's
1: yes. – you say that.
0: No, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well,
1: I'm not saying I'm betting everything I yeah. know that they will, but they should. Yeah. So get that win. Get that win and get excited for Florida and go there with no one in the world expecting you to have a chance yeah. and see what you can do. Because I think I – Question whether BYU you – know, where would BYU finish in the SEC? I, I don't think they're a very good team. They've got some good players. They hung in there, and, hey, all credit to them, too, for making big plays. Mental
0: fortitude team. tonight from them. I was impressed yeah. with that because they were – this was this was Tennessee's game all night, and they kept hanging around, they kept hanging around, got some red zone stops, and then, you know, one defensive mistake, and they took advantage of it. No. How many defensive mistakes did BYU make tonight? In the first half, second half, Garen Tomlin misses those throws. Mm-hmm. What if Wilson misses that throw? He didn't. He put that on the money. And that's the difference. You make a defensive mistake, one team takes advantage, the other team doesn't.
1: Right. So, so with BYU, like I I don't think they're great, but if you play like you did for stretches of this game, you, you can give some of these SEC teams trouble. You gotta put more of it together and you gotta get more from different areas. But go get to one and two. Go to Florida and see what you can do. You have to, you have to live by the cliches now. <laughs> you, do, you know, you have to believe them. You got to believe the next play and the next practice and get one percent better every day and all that stuff. I mean, you if it, it's
0: Bill Snyder over
1: here, there you go. Because <laughs> I mean, if you're looking at again the scoreboard, the big picture, ooh, it can get you down.
0: Yeah, I think that's where I would go. Is I'm really intrigued, like the task ahead of this coaching staff, because you saw it on a, a micro level last year with the West Virginia loss. like that team really thought they were going to win that game. They thought they were going to walk in and, and really beat up on West Virginia. That did not play out that way. Well, you have another offseason. you get a really good recruiting class. You, have, <laughs> you keep your strength coach, you fight Maryland away, and, and this is going to be you know your national championship. Missing piece. You keep your strength coach, right? You have a new offensive coordinator that has experience. You have another year in the system. Everybody's more comfortable. All positivity for the most part going into the year. Oh, we're sort of building this thing. You know, you hear the whispers of Dream Pruitt telling people, oh, I believe the quote I heard was, "If I can't win eight games with this, or if the staff can't win eight games with these guys, like there's a problem or something along those lines." Which famous last words, to yeah. say the least. But all positivity, and now you're sitting at zero two, and I players invested. That is going to be a real task for this staff, and I think when you're talking about the 2019 guys that are young and that just got here and are still fighting. It's a little different for them, I think. Um, the guys that were sold on Pruitt's vision and, and those kind of things. Your older guys, maybe the guys that aren't playing for pro contracts right now. Wh- wh- where are they at? I I didn't sign up to come play for Jerry Pruitt. I'm not going to I'm not going to be making money. Those guys are going to be in the locker room. Those guys are going to be around the team. That's a difficult balance. And that is the task ahead of Jerry Pruitt. If they can keep those guys invested say, "Hey, Stick with us. How do you do that? I'm not sure you do that by by saying you were running the defense where you where you didn't uh, uh, where you don't give up a 70 yard completion. Again, you know uh, I can't remember if this was on on the podcast with you or, or with the, the other guys in the middle of the week. Um, I don't know that players are going to care about here. I think players will hear the, the comments about themselves, but that kind of stuff I don't know. But still. That is where – this is just going to be such an interesting test of Jerry Pruitt over these next few weeks. Like, we know very clearly now after Georgia State, this team did not quit on him. They're still there. But, man, you know, tomorrow they'll be off. Monday you're back on the practice field. What's that like? That's going to be a very interesting test. Um, And then, you know, Chattanooga next week, if you come out a little listless, you know, you, you said they don't have a big game coming up. Well, maybe they, maybe that would help them of <laughs> it mean, being invested. Say, hey, yeah, we're zero two, but you got something to prove. It doesn't matter what they do against Chattanooga. They could win that game, hundred and seventy-five to nothing, and the fans are still going to be frustrated. You're still going to be, you know, basically a running joke at this point when you're zero two with two games you probably should have had, and that's where they are. And so, you know. This was crossroads number one of Tennessee. I think, like I said, they avoided the sort of disaster scenario. I don't think this is a complete train wreck situation just yet. Your team is still there, but it could get that way in a hurry, especially when you start playing the Floridas, you start playing the Georgias, you start playing the Alabamas, and you're not even – I mean, they're not going to be close to Georgia-Alabama. And and staying invested after that, let's just say I'm glad that, uh, uh, you know, I don't have to deal with that going forward. So tough job. Well, a well-paying
1: job, a well-paying
0: job job that, you know, the, the, the 9.1, you know, people want to stop me from doing my job for $9.16 million. I'll be, you know, I'll be okay. (laughs) But yes, a tough job. And then of course, you know, we we won't get into that at this point, but (laughs) to say the least, uh, interesting weeks ahead. Uh, this was quite a night of college football. One of the more memorable games I have ever seen. It was a really good game. It was a great game. Uh, Tough end for Tennessee fans. But, uh, you know, I said they're one mistake away the whole game. I said they're one – this is – Tennessee's controlling this game, but they didn't really get it on the red zone. I said they're one mistake away from this getting real sticky in a hurry. They made one mistake. It got sticky in a hurry. And then you kind of saw the pucker a little bit in the overtime. Who do you think was the more confident, relaxed team in that overtime?
1: I don't think it was the home team. No. That's not what no. I
0: saw. No,
1: I agree. So, they, you know, they responded in the first overtime. But, then but it
0: they- felt like, though, BYU was, was really on top of it. And it felt like BYU – I mean, BYU comes out the second overtime. They run a fake speed option with a reverse, first of all. They started building that speed option in the fourth quarter. You know they put that play in last week. When they saw what Georgia State did, they said, you know what, we're going to keep this in our back pocket. We're going to work that speed option. And then when we need when it, they're tired, when we, need, we it, need it, hit them with that. And it, oh, my goodness, the setup on that was fantastic. Well done after a nightmarish first first half play, uh, first half uh, game plan. BYU strong in the second half. Well, Joe, any, any parting thoughts?
1: Uh, I need to get writing. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's me too. It's, it's a
1: it's a, a flight to Cleveland for the Titans <laughs> in a few hours. Uh, but it, it's one of those again. I'm parting with how I started. I, I man, Tennessee fans. I have been so many times in this stadium in four seasons now. Being here, I've been like, wow, you know, this is the kind of place where you know you can win championships because you have that. I mean, it's just yeah. something that most places don't have. You're right. And i got to give credit to every single Tennessee fan who hangs in there and shows up every week because it's been a while now uh, you know, since it's been that kind of program. And still, it's that kind of atmosphere. So yeah, I'm going to start and end with the fans.
0: Yeah. Well, a good thought. An interesting team. 2017, that was a broken team. I'm not sure this team is broken yet, but... If I look, I'm, we're up in the visiting coaches box right now. I'm looking on the field. I see some splinters down there. There's some, if you look close enough, you can find them. Uh, so we'll see. So that will do it for us. A, uh, I guess we'll call this an emergency podcast, whatever we want to call it. College football, Tennessee, Rocky Top, never boring. We'll see you guys again next time.